3: This is v Sin Tonight with veteran handicappers Matt Eumanns and Wes Reynolds on v Sin, the Sports Betting Network.
1: All right, let's talk about some of the wins and the losses, the hits and the misses we had in Super Bowl 58. Recount uh, some of the prop decisions from the big game on uh, Sunday. and Wes, I watched the game right here in the Circus Sportsbook yesterday, and it was packed. I think there was a record crowd at uh, Stadium Swim. Mm Mm-hmm. I heard over 3,000 fans out of Stadium Swim yesterday. And they're here in the sportsbook, standing room only. And it was uh, the enthusiasm, electricity levels were off the charts. Now, it's going to be interesting when we see the Nevada betting numbers in terms of uh, is it going to be a state record for the wagering handle? What's the win-loss going to be? Because typically the state books don't lose on the Super Bowl. Might be a loser this time. I don't think it will be. I think it's going to be a small winner. But Johnny Avello of DraftKings joined us in the first hour tonight, and he said a solid win for DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, that market's different than uh, what the Nevada bookmakers are dealing with, but it's going to be interesting to find out the Nevada results. Props, Wes, how did you do on prop bets uh, for the Super Bowl? Go ahead and start with some of your hits and misses.
3: Yeah, I I actually ended up doing pretty solid. But, look, there's a few that were sweats. Like, I I won a few really early. And you know, you're feeling good. You're feeling good. I'm like, man, I'm a, I'm gonna crush this. Uh, because uh right away, first play, McCaffrey over uh three and a half uh rushing yards on his first attempt. He gets six. So it was like check mark, there we go with that one. And then uh uh one that I wrote up for the uh for the betting guide and also for my best bets column uh, that was up at vsen.com. I know you wrote one up as well. Uh I had the uh longest punt over fifty-six and a half yards and uh Uh, Tommy Townsend, I believe, had a 61 yarder because I wrote up how this stadium is very good for kickers and punters alike because it is, you know, 2,000 feet above sea level, played at altitude, indoor stadium, climate controlled environment. These guys have kicked long punts, both of them. Mitch Wisnowski and of uh, San Francisco and Tommy Townsend in Kansas City. Townsend was booming. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Look, and, for and a
1: while he was the Chiefs' best player.
3: Yeah. And they were kicking and, uh, uh, and they've done that. They've kicked these in SoFi Stadium, in US Bank Stadium in Minneapolis. So these either retractable roof or totally indoor stadiums. These guys were launching them. So uh, uh, that w- that was a winner for me. Uh, Jarek McKinnon which was a last-minute ad because he didn't get activated until a few hours before the Super Bowl. I thought he was the running back they were going to use most in the passing game. He caught two passes. He went over six and a half receiving yards. Uh, uh, Brandon Auk under his receptions was good for me. And uh, uh, Debo Samuel, which that was a little bit of a tester because Debo heard his answer. I was like, man, this guy, he's hurt again. And then they put him back in the game. I had over two and a half rushing attempts for Debo Samuel because he's cleared that in every single game, except the green Bay game where he didn't come back when he got hurt. Every single Niners playoff game, he has cleared two and a half rushing attempts and he ended up having three. Uh, the Purdy one I mentioned with Johnny Avello earlier when I had under 12 and a half rushing yards and he was at 13. So my only hope was that that was going to be a kneel down and, it depended on where you had it because there were eleven and a halves, and then there were twelve and a halves with juice to the under, which is what I had. So that, uh, but those were my hits. Uh, my misses. Uh, Brock Purdy under thirty-one and a half passing attempts. A lot of passing in in the third quarter because I was like, why aren't they running the ball? Well, one of the reasons they weren't running the ball because they weren't running it very well on third first down because the Chiefs were getting stops. Oh, the chiefs they were also blitzing lo- the
1: run. Uh, yeah, they were loading the box. Yeah, and they, they were determined to uh, stop the run.
3: And that was the be- one of the best they played against the run all year. Well, Steve Spagnuolo, I, I said
1: this on Twitter last night. The guy who's going to deserve more credit for this win than he's going to get is Steve Spaggs, the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs. He called a great game, and uh, especially in some critical yeah. spots on on third downs in the fourth quarter and overtime. Spaggs is the unsung hero for the Chiefs.
3: I- I'd no disagreement here, and – On the other side of the coin, the other defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes in the second half, a little questionable. Uh, Middle of the field was wide open, and Mahomes, those design runs, that just seemed like Kansas City had so much more space uh, in the second half. I also played uh, Mahomes under passing yards. That obviously uh, got smashed. And uh, other one I had, uh, one that maybe I talked about the one I got lucky on with the the Purdy under rushing yards, one I kind of got unlucky on, was Elijah Mitchell under one-and-a-half rush attempts. And he might have got one attempt, but he might not have seen the field other than as a decoy or as a pass protector because McCaffrey went out for a little respite in the second quarter. Uh, I think the shoulder was banged up a little bit. And Elijah Mitchell gets back-to-back carries, so uh, that ended up being a loser for me. But overall, 6-3 and on the props, won the first half, held on for the total. So, Overall, an 8-3 Super Bowl for me.
1: Yeah, I was winning uh, Super Bowl for me as well. Starting with the Chiefs, plus 3 at minus 130. And that teaser on the Chiefs, plus 8.5 and, and over the total of 41. And it uh, looked like that game might land on 41 for a while. Mm-hmm. 22-19 in overtime. And lucky to get to overtime uh, with that. But in terms of the props, I lost to Brock Purdy passing yards under 248.5. He went over the total in overtime. Ends up with uh, 255. I also played Christian McCaffrey MVP at five to one. Obviously, didn't get it but Patrick Mahomes accounted for 399 total yeah. yards, 333 passing, 66 rushing, and he stole the MVP. I'm going to ask you if the Niners win that game. McCaffrey had 160 total yards, 80 rushing, 80 receiving. Do you think? He would have been the MVP. I uh, guess. Does it depend on who would have scored that last
3: touchdown? Probably, I'm not 100 right? that it, that he would. I'm have not 100 percent either. I, I think it was. I think it was Juwan Jennings uh, yeah. because look, he threw for the touchdown to McCaffrey. He also caught one. I know he only had four catches for 42 yards, and McCaffrey, you know, ended up, I believe, with 160 total yards uh, from scrimmage. But I think you could have made an argument. And then there was another guy. A lot of special teams players on both sides played very well. Uh, like Chris Conley was like the man on the punt coverage for the 49ers. Now, he wasn't going to get it. But Harrison Butker, look, uh, what what did he have, I, I believe? Uh, uh, we'll four talk about goals. that in a second Yes, we
1: get to Butker. Okay. So, uh, I, played, I played props on McCaffrey. Over rushing yards, 89 and a half. He finished with 80. That's a loser. Uh, over receiving yards, 34 and a half. He finished with 80, obviously a winner. Isaiah Pacheco, Chiefs running back, over 16.5 carries. He got 18. He got over an overtime. He did not get over 65.5 rushing yards. Now, props that were good uh, winners for me. Over 2.5 players to attempt to pass. And, and I
3: bet that almost every year, and I didn't bet it for some reason this year. I thought year. was
1: going to be the guy
3: who would uh, yeah. throw
1: the pass and it turned out to be Juwan Jennings. Yeah. And that goes over a plus 150, by the way. Also, I bet the game to be decided by exactly three points at five to one on, so that was a that was a nice winner there and the chiefs to have the longest field goal let's talk about this one for a second because I was despondent wes uh Jake Mooney comes out and he drills a fifty five yard field goal twelve seconds into the second quarter yes and and he boomed it, and there was no doubt about it and I bet the chiefs to have the longest made field goal in the game it, uh, minus 120. Moody knocks through a 55-yarder, and you think, there's no way I'm going to win this prop now. I mean, are the Chiefs really even going to get like, a 68-yard field goal attempt in this game? Probably not. Well, he didn't have to wait long. Five-minute mark of the third quarter, Harrison Bucker got a 57-yard attempt, and he knocked a line drive through, and uh, that prop ends up being a winner, and that's not the way I planned it, but I'll take it.
3: Yeah, and, and look, I, I know uh... – there were some people that I saw that had bet, some uh, Harrison Bucker MVP that were begging uh-huh. and pleading. It's like, well, they don't get to the overtime without oh, Bucker. Come on, come on, no, no. Yes, but you chance. also have the the generational quarterback that led them on the winning drive in overtime. And two of the field goals Bucker hit were
1: 24 and 29 right, yards. Right, he, it was
3: It was going to – Gronk might have been able to make those. <laughs> <laughs> right. he, he didn't – his one attempt, though, in that commercial, he did uh, not succeed, uh, yeah, but, but – I think he shanked the uh, what was it, a twenty-five yeah. yarder? Yeah,
1: he missed the twenty-five yarder. Yes, that was a pregame promotion. Wide right. Yes.
3: yes. So uh, look, uh, Mahomes. Uh, it was. It was always going to be him. It. it it's got to be something really random for it not to be the quarterback. And I think it it deserved to be. I, I think that. Oh, there's
1: no doubt. Well, you got three hundred ninety nine total yards and account for
3: two touchdowns.
1: Come I on. think we're Plus watching one twenty five. By the way, and. Uh, the favorite on the board. Right. MVP.
3: We're watching a guy at 28 years old that I don't think is necessarily done. Has won three Super Bowls. If he doesn't, I, I think if he doesn't win anymore, I think he's at least bare minimum number two all time. And I would put him number one. And he, we were arguing with our uh, a friend last night, uh, a mutual friend of ours who's a big Kansas City Chiefs fan last night. And he's like, I'm even a Chiefs fan. And I say Brady's the best. I'm like, I think my I think Mahomes, man. I think he did it. He proved it again last night. He just does so much more. Than a lot of these greats of the past, really. And he's just scratching the surface.
1: You know, it's interesting, too. As I want to say, it's a little bit of revisionist history or what have you done for me lately, but you're hearing a lot more people talk about how Brady won all those Super Bowls for the Patriots and not Belichick. Right, because, that it had
3: nothing to do with the
1: coaching. Because, and, you know, Brady leaves New England, goes to Tampa Bay, wins the Super Bowl, and the Patriots mm-hmm. go into the toilet with uh, Belichick the last couple years. Patriots. Won that last Super Bowl with Brady, 13-3 to against Sean McVay's Rams, and that was all Belichick's yeah, defense.
3: Yeah, it absolutely was. It's like, okay, we got to give the MVP to somebody, and it was a lot of check down passes. But, look, Julian Edelman is not given back that MVP award. And well, uh, it's
1: a New England defense, held the Rams to three points. That was right. solid, more Belichick than it was Brady in that Super Bowl. Absolutely. All right, so when Brady goes to Tampa Bay and then the Bucks beat the Chiefs, I thought it was more about the Tampa Bay defense in that game. Remember Mahomes and that battered Kansas City offensive line? Mm-hmm. He was on the run all night. The Tampa Bay defense won that game, not necessarily Tom Brady. Though.
3: 100%. Uh, but, you know, that, that was the same thing with uh, uh, Peyton Manning's two Super Bowl wins right. where he, he had a couple good plays, but he didn't have stupid numbers. But he gets the credit for him. Quarterbacks always get the credit.
1: Anyway, uh, we got – Give Jim Nance some credit for a good call at the end of uh, the Super Bowl and the winning touchdown. And we're going to dissect Tony Romo's performance a little bit and then talk about some more uh, props and Super Bowl betting-related topics when we come back here in a couple minutes on v tonight. So stick around, the Sports Betting Network.
3: This is VSIN Tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking
1: for a betting edge or in college basketball, the V-CIN experts have got you covered. Become a vCIN pro with an introductory subscription offer of only $9.99. Visit slash subscribe today to sign up. VCN.com slash subscribe 999. Introductory offer, all right, Wes Reynolds. Tony Romo was accused of ruining a dramatic ending to the Super Bowl with, uh, after Jim Nance's call. Now, we've talked about Jim Nance and uh, promoting Brent Musburger uh, for the Hall of Fame, when we were talking about that in the last hour. Jim Nance called for Brent to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Quote, Hall of Fame worthy, if there ever was anyone, iconic broadcaster, let's get him to Kenton. Well, Nance had a, a pretty good call in the winning touchdown, but Tony Romo jumps in too. And uh, we'll let you decide for yourself. Let's roll tape at the end of Super Bowl 58.
2: the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. From BBC Radio 4,
0: Britain's biggest paranormal podcast
2: is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is is uncanny usa
1: he says somebody's in the house and i
2: screamed
0: listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare
1: you move to the second quarter that's right because i can only feel the number of people out there being like what's going on first and goal Mahomes flings it. It's there! Hartman jackpot Kansas City! And this was the Andy Reid special. This was the Andy Reid special. We talked about he was saving all day. He's going to fake a motion to go across. And at that moment, he turns and goes back. Hartman, who they didn't have. All right. so first of all, Jim Nance called jackpot Kansas City. Mm -hmm. I knew as soon as he said that, he stole that from Brent Musburger. And uh, Brent would say, occasionally when the Raiders would hit for a big touchdown pass or something, jackpot, baby! When the Raiders, remember when they beat the Jets on the long TD pass? Jackpot, baby! That's Brent's call. Nance used that. Jackpot Kansas City last night. I'm sure Brent's okay with that. uh, Letting uh, Jim Nance uh, use that. But then Romo jumps in, just babbling about, uh, really didn't have his thoughts in order at all, Wes. So how would you assess yeah. Tony Romo's performance there? Because a lot of times as a broadcaster, you're judged by those big moments. And uh, you, you might have a signature phrase or th- something that you say that's going to stick in people's minds for a long time because that's the call after the winning touchdown in the Super Bowl. And what does Romo do? He just babbles. right like Yeah,
3: look, I... I think it's a little extreme to say that he ruined the broadcast, uh-huh. but like you're saying, in that moment, and the outgoing uh, CBS Sports Chairman, longtime executive Sean McManus, you know, had admitted in interviews that they've appealed to Tony Romo to kind of calm down because he's almost like childlike in the way that, that he calls these games and the fact that, <clears throat> look, he, he calls it in like almost like stream of consciousness. I would say this isn't just like, okay, make my point, get out. And, and uh, you know, and, and Jim directs the ship uh, as the play by play man. But
1: he says, McCall Hardman as he goes across the middle, and they, and they went and got McCall Hardman. They brought him back. <laughs> and then uh, and they, he's like, come on, man. You got to do better than that. Yeah. You have your thoughts organized better than that when you're recounting the winning play of the Super Bowl. And then he's, you know, he's Michael Jordan. He wins it again.
3: Mm hmm. He had good moments in the game. He had a couple good moments. In the third quarter when the 49ers special teams mistake – he pointed it out. He knew it right away. It went off the uh, uh, – Daryl Luter, it went off his foot. Right. And Ray Cloud was forced to make the play and couldn't come up with it because obviously the return man, when you don't come up with it, is going to uh, take the blame. But A lot of people were blaming the
1: return man, Ray Ray, for uh, trying to recover yeah. the kick or trying to handle the Which kick. Which he but saw it. He had to because it went off his teammate's foot.
3: Yeah. yeah. And, and then uh, I believe when they were driving for the go-ahead touchdown – that's one of the three biggest plays in the oh, game. Oh, absolutely, right yeah. absolutely. Yeah, he pointed out when George Kittle got a first down, he thought Kittle got stopped short, but Romo was proven correct. I think it was that short pass. By the way, George Kittle, it's like he had so few targets that he almost had to report as an eligible receiver. Like they, they, they did not get the ball to this guy, and I thought that that was one of the the errors of the uh, Shanahan game plan. But I, think I one of our guests,
1: and then, you know, we had on uh, Paul Bovie. Uh, we had uh, Mark Lawrence, big Randy McKay. A lot of guys on here analyzing props last week. I know Randy, like George Kittle. Kittle had two catches for four yards. Yeah, that, that, that,
3: that is something that uh, Shanahan and the guys are going to look back on and say, you know, how, how do we not get him more involved? I know Kansas City's got a good game plan to defend. But... But think
1: about the tight ends, Wes. Uh, Kittle had two for four, and Travis yeah. Kelsey had one for one in the first half. Kelsey went berserk in the second half and finished with nine for ninety-three. But the tight ends were no factor in the first half of the
3: game. Yeah, you got you got to find a way to get the the that guy the ball. But uh, back to what we were talking about with Romo, he was a little iffy on the rules too in overtime. Now a lot of people were, a lot of people didn't know the rules. Like he didn't know that the Chiefs would get the ball even if San Francisco scored a TD because uh, I think he was talking about you know that if if there's an interception here. Like okay, they're in they're in possession where they can they can win the game basically, and he didn't know the he didn't know the rules there was a couple times he did the this is for the Super Bowl Jim yeah. this is for the ball game Jim, but uh, yeah uh, mixed bag I would say for Tony Romo on the call. Awesome. Uh,
1: you know I like said I watched the replay again today I thought he had some good calls during the game but at the end that was not a good call by Romo Um, in kind of the signature moment of the game. Did it
3: make you want to flip over to the Nickelodeon broadcast? Okay, I'm going
1: to mention this
3: in a second,
1: something about Nickelodeon. But, you know, that touchdown by Hardman was scored with three seconds left. A lot of people thought the clock mattered, but the clock didn't matter at all. So if uh, the Chiefs had thrown, if if that quarter had expired, the Chiefs would have still had the ball. They were going to play that out to the end of that possession. Yeah. I'm going to ask you, before we get to... uh, Something else I'm going to talk about in terms of the uh, the media and the coverage of the event. I like what Andy Reid did by saying that, uh, you know, he told Patrick Mahomes, if we, we go down and score, we're going to go for two. Because the advantage in having the ball second in overtime is you know what the other team does, right. you know what you need, and then you're going to go down and Andy Reid had already decided and told Mahomes, if we score, and you know, if they get a touchdown and go up seven, we're yeah. going for two to win this game. That's
3: why in college football, uh, you, you, you don't take the ball first, uh, Deion Sanders, just to uh, let, let you know. I remember he did that in the Colorado State game. I think he did it twice. Yeah, he was
1: clueless about yes. the rules. Absolutely clueless to the former player. Now, there was a lot of debate on Twitter, and obviously in the media last night, did the 49ers do the right thing?
3: It's kind of like I can't say that they did the totally wrong thing, but there is an advantage, I think, to going second because I know that you don't, you know, and I think that's the fear factor that Patrick Mahomes provides. It's like, we don't want this guy getting the ball first. He's going to score and we're going to be down. And then all of a sudden Brock Purdy's got even more pressure on him than he already has. So from that logic, I can understand. But Patrick Mahomes did throw an interception last night. There's a chance he could throw one again or you get another turnover. You got that. You got the Pacheco fumble earlier in the game. Because Kansas City had been getting all the turnover luck really all season long. And then it kind of went the 49ers way last night, except uh, the, the uh, punt return obviously turned the tide of the game. But, yeah, I think you, you got to go, go second. You get you got to defer now, and you would that, say
1: the advantage if you have the ball first is if both teams get a touchdown or both teams get a field goal, then you're going to get that third possession. You got the advantage, right? You kick a field goal and win the game. Then
3: you go first next. But yes. I love what
1: Andy Reid said because if you get the ball first and you score, you're not going to go for two. You're going to kick the, no. the point. You go up seven. Andy Reid and I was critical of him in the first half. I thought he made some poor decisions, didn't challenge a play when he should have, and the Chiefs burned a you know the Chiefs burned a timeout. The play calling was weak. There were a lot of questionable decisions of play calling throughout the game. I have to give him credit for telling Mahomes, "Hey, we score, you know, if, the, if they get 7, we're going we're going to go down and get that touchdown, and go for 2 to win the game." And that's the advantage the Chiefs had by ha- having the ball second in overtime.
3: Yeah, yeah, no question about it. So a lot of people that were unsure because these are obviously new rules this year uh so uh San Francisco, look, uh, you're going to wonder what might have been. There's a a couple what might have been. I think, in that game. I think Christian McCaffrey is right, self-inflicted wounds. Now, I don't think that's saying that is discrediting the Chiefs necessarily for what they did, but 49ers had their opportunities certainly last night, even though it looked like the momentum was with Kansas City in the second half.
1: A lot more to talk about with the Super Bowl. It's been announced by CBS that Super Bowl 58 in Vegas averaged 123.5 4 million viewers across CBS, Univision, Nickelodeon, Paramount+, and the NFL app. That's a record viewing audience for the Super Bowl. Last year was 120 million. Actually, last year it was 115 million. And that was on NBC for the Chiefs-Eagles game. So 120 was the record. Now it's
3: 123.4. Speaking of records, before we hit the break... Mm-hmm. million uh, produced, 6.8 million uh, revenue for the state sportsbooks here in Nevada. That breaks the 2022 record of 179.8 million. This per Howard Stutz via the Nevada Gaming Control Board. This is VSIN Tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network.
1: Omaha Steaks, you'll fall in love at first bite with their tender steaks, juicy burgers, air-chilled chicken, and more. You're going to love every bite. It's Omaha Steaks Guarantee. And for a limited time, when you go to omahasteaks.com slash you will get four free boneless chicken breasts, four free boneless pork chops with your order. Minimum purchase may apply. OmahaSteaks.com slash All right, let's bring in senior reporter for Vegas Insider, Patrick Everson. And you can uh, find him on Twitter at Patrick E underscore Vegas. Wes, he's got 73,000 followers on X. I knew this guy back when he had like 3,000. Patrick, welcome to the show. And uh, you've been busy. I always say the busiest reporter in the business. And hopefully you're going to get a break. But you just had some more breaking news to report over the past uh, 15 minutes. It's a record wagering handle on the Super Bowl in Nevada. Did not quite get to the number we thought, but go ahead and tell us the details.
4: Well, the details are $185.6 million in total wagers. It's not fully audited yet, I don't think, uh, according to what Mike Lawton sent out from the Game of Control Board, but that's usually pretty, you know, usually their first, you know, when they finally sent it out, and they spent all day crunching these. So I was surprised, honestly, they came out now. When it didn't come out by 5 o'clock, I thought it was waiting until tomorrow morning. So I was really surprised when my email popped in. But um, $185.6 million in wagers on the Super Bowl, first one in Las Vegas, the previous record, 179.8 million, two years ago for the Rams-Bengals game, uh, the, the state sportsbooks hold was not—I would say—nominal, and I think that that is in line with what we heard from a lot of the uh, sportsbooks guys on Sunday night and throughout the day, throughout the day today that the public had a really, really, really good Sunday. The hold—the the hold was 6.8 million. So the books retained 3.7% of that 185.6 million.
1: There was a quote last night, Patrick, you had it on your uh, Twitter feed from Craig Mucklow at Caesar Sportsbooks, quote, it was a great result for the public. I knew we were in trouble when Mahomes got the ball last. There was a lot of gloom and doom out there last night, Wes, about how the books were going to get hammered on this Super Bowl and I said, nah, I think it's going to be a small winner for the books. So it turns out to be a 3.7 percent win percentage. For
3: yeah, the books. because look, and 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 we've talked about this with Patrick before. Books are always hoping to dodge those big plus money props. Couldn't dodge the overtime last night, which uh, Johnny Avello said was as high as ten to one at DraftKings. I saw some nine to one.
1: Speaking of that, here. sorry, Patrick Everson. I believe you hit the overtime prop, right? Yes,
4: indeed. Plus nine twenty five at Circus Sports. That made that took me from a losing day to a winning day. So uh, I was good with that. But go ahead, go ahead. What? Yeah, that's that's <laughs> all it takes,
3: yeah, Good good shout by you, Patrick. Uh, so uh, that that that's more than just Chili's money that that you hit yesterday, though. So uh, absolutely. <clears throat> but but looking <laughs> looking at this, Patrick, though one hundred eighty five point six million dollars. What do you think it's going to take? And I know we were just talking about this before you came on uh, before the break. Uh, What's it going to take to get to $200 million to have this? Because I thought it was going to get there perhaps this year with a West Coast team that has a decent fan base here with the 49ers. And then Kansas City being there last year where they're kind of the closest thing to a Patriots dynasty that we have. And they travel out here regularly. There's all kind of Chiefs kingdom out here at least once a year when they play the Raiders.
4: Right. I'm as we talked off there. I am surprised. Chris Andrews told me at the South Point, we were standing on the South Point foot floor yesterday late yesterday morning. Place was packed already and they were doing great business at the time. And Chris said, I think we're going to get a record and I think we're going to be pushing I said, do we break 200 million? He said, I think we'll be pushing 200 million. So, I I think they expected a little bit more juice out of this as well. And the thing is Wes, what I almost think now is, I mean, they barely got the record under really, I mean, maybe not 6 million, but still 179 to 185. It's not what you would have expected. If you can't get there with that matchup and all the ancillary stuff that brought in a lot of non-betters, the whole Taylor Swift element, mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey, all that stuff that brought in a lot more casual betters than I think you would typically have for a Super Bowl, brought in basically a whole new audience. If you can't get there for that, when you've got three dozen jurisdictions across the country that now have legal regulated sports betting, I'm not sure if you're going to get there. I, I don't know what the matchup would have to be to make that happen. How could you have more dynamics, mm-hmm. both sports related and pop culture related, than we had yesterday and you didn't get there?
1: That's what I thought. It seemed like a perfect storm that was going to push this Nevada state mm-hmm. wagering handle over 200 million, and it fell short 185.6. The win 6.8 million for the books and that's a win percentage of 3.7. The books hold uh, in Kansas City's 25-22 win over San Francisco. The third street Super Bowl Patrick decided by exactly 3 points. You made your way around town to several different sports books. What jumped out to you in terms of prop betting and just the scene in general in Las Vegas on Super Bowl Sunday?
4: First off, the scene was great. I mean, I know the stadium was a buzz, and that's, the, that's, that's ground zero. Uh, by the way, I read some stats from uh, uh, some sort of tech company about, you know, that, that does geo data, and uh, there was a ton, apparent, apparently not, a, not as much as we thought, but a, but a very large amount of in-game wagering taking place inside the stadium, which I think is really cool, but uh, not, not enough to, to, to push those record numbers up to higher record numbers. But I'm telling you, the sportsbook buzz was phenomenal. I think a lot of people came to town without tickets and enjoyed themselves immensely at the sports books. Everywhere I went was packed and buzzing. I spent most of the game at the Super and it was, well, all the game at the Super and it was jammed in there, and there were tons of 49ers fans, and there was tons of Chiefs fans. So there was a big ebb and flow to the room. It was, it was fantastic. Uh, I think the vibe was amazing. So, um, you know, if you, if, if you, don't have a ticket to the game. This is still a great, great place to be, even if the game is here. We've always known it's a great place to be if the Super Bowl is somewhere else. Even if it's here, it almost like it, – it, I think it ramps it up even a little bit more. But, uh, Matt, to your question on the game, pretty much everybody by kickoff around town, you know, whether it was the, the big national books like the MGMs and Caesars of the World or, or the Circas and the Superbooks. Um, with, you know, the very reputable players he, here and, and attract more sharp action. Um, they all needed the 49ers by the time kickoff came around. And so 49ers plus overtime. And it wasn't just the overtime prop, you know, Wes, that you alluded to. Obviously, that was huge, 9-1, to 10-1, whatever. Um, there were, by going to overtime, more yardage props hit, more reception, you know, overs on receptions and so forth. Those, a few more of those things started coming in. So, it, overtime, as John Murray at the Superbook said, look, we overtime hurt us in a lot of ways, not just with the overtime yes prop.
3: Patrick, in, in terms of player props, uh, what were the ones that, uh, that either helped the books the most or hurt them the most yesterday?
4: I think generally they were probably pretty happy with how they got out, and that's probably what helped them because there's so much prop betting now. Chris Andrews said he expected it to be you know, well beyond half of their action Jay Cornegay said last week, he thought it would be more than two to one money on props versus game betting. So I think that what helped them there was even though Kelsey got there on his catches and so forth. And I believe on his yards too, right? He did not score, which was big. They needed, nobody wanted him getting an, even in an any time touchdown and certainly didn't want him getting the first touchdown and he did not get MVP. So uh, I think, you know, Kelsey having a quiet game from a scoring standpoint and a very and a quiet first half, as, as, as Matt alluded to a little bit earlier, uh, I think in the last segment he was talking about it. Um, that helped them a lot. Mahomes winning MVP didn't do too much damage. He was a short, you know, he was the favorite. He was a short number all the way. Uh, the more damaging players to, for MVP would have been, you know, McCaffrey, Kelsey, maybe a couple of guys further back. I'm not even sure Jawan Jennings would have done that much damage necessarily because I'm not sure that he took a lot of tickets and money.
3: Patrick uh, Everson is our guest at Vegas Insider. Follow him at Patrick E underscore Vegas. Uh, Patrick, uh, one more question for you on the props. And, you know, we see around the country, you have a lot of the entertainment props. You have the Usher halftime show props, or you have the Gatorade, or you have uh, the Taylor Swift props. Uh, do you think if, if gaming would, 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 would make that legal and, you know, allow you to bet kind of these crazy props instead of just, you know, the standard game props, that that would push the handle up even more with all the uh, interest uh, surrounding the game.
4: I think it would be nice if, uh, you know, if, if, if Nevada could uh, open things up a little bit more and, and do some of these, especially for a game like this where you're, where you're bringing in a lot of the casuals who maybe only bet once a year or maybe have never made a bet in their lives. But, you know, even before that, Wes, and I'm sure the two of you talk about this, and I know a lot of your peers talk about this on, on Visa all the time, we gotta I mean, when people were touching down on their airplanes who are familiar with betting because they've been able to engage in other states as it's spread legally across the nation, and they can't open their app and move their you know, and just grab their wallet and move it to the state of Nevada and start making bets, when they gotta go to the counter and they gotta fund and yada yada yada. It's you know, there somehow the brick and mortars and the gaming control board and, 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 and others you know, others, other parties with st- other stakeholders have to, I think, have to find a way around this for sports betting to make it more, uh, you know, to make it more accessible.
1: Yeah, make it easier as well. Patrick, quickly, uh, mm-hmm. there were eight reported $1 million bets. How many of those were in Nevada? we got about 10 seconds left.
4: I think three or four. You know, there were two at Circa. I know there was at least one, maybe two, at BetMGM.
1: All right, Patrick Everson, senior reporter, Vegas Insider, Fox Sports. Thanks, Patrick.
2: the spring back into your step and into your home too. shop blinds.com right now and save up to 45% up to 45% off for a limited time at blinds.com blinds.com rules and restrictions may apply
0: i'm katia adler host of the global story over the last 25 years i've covered conflicts in the middle east political and economic crises in europe drug cartels in mexico
3: This is VSIN tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network.
1: This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new players can deposit $5 and get a no swept bet up to $1,000 and bonus bets if your first bet loses. Download the app and use promo code VSIN when you sign up. No swept bet up to $1,000. Promo code VSEN. We have an update from the association. We got a final score yeah. out of Houston and a, uh odd ending to the game between the Knicks and the Rockets.
3: You were sweating this bad, depending on uh, what side you were on. Really, either side. Houston, I believe, at DraftKings was minus one. But a lot of pick in the market here between the Rockets and the Knicks. Tied at 103 here. Final possession. Jalen Brunson called for a foul with 0.3 seconds left to go on a three Aaron holiday hits two of three and that's all that they needed to do that does decide the uh side and the total because if it would have went to overtime you would have think thought it would go over 223 and a half 224 being that there was a 206 in regulation before that foul was called but yeah yeah tough call against the Knicks here late against the Houston Rockets and uh that goes fine. Also, tough break for uh, for Knicks backers. I know uh, uh, Crookland Bala, who we saw last night, uh, big big Knicks fan. Probably not very happy about the uh, events know. here in Houston.
1: He might have Unless he running. was on
3: Houston, depending on what he needed. He might have bet the Rockets. I uh, guess. Uh, but uh, one hundred and five, one hundred and three. Uh, no
1: loyalty couple... in sports betting. Yes.
3: yes, you're a fool
1: if you're betting on your yes. favorite teams yes. all the
3: time. Okay. Yes. A couple other yes. final scores. Uh, Bulls one thirty six to <clears> one twenty six. Uh, DeMar DeRozan with 29 and AO Dissunmu with his career high at 29 tonight as the Bulls get a win down in Atlanta. Bucks San- bomb the Nuggets. How about that? We talked about that game 112 95. That's final. Yeah, that was over after three quarters. Uh, Greek Freak 36 and 18 for the Milwaukee Bucks as they get a big win over Denver. San Antonio 122 99 over Toronto. Victor Wembanyama 27 and 14 in his debut north of the border and then also the Pelicans 96 to 87 in Memphis tonight Memphis really struck Memphis Memphis just trying to put a team together because they they have so many guys out and so many injuries so Grizzlies uh, continue to freefall they are now 18 and 35 number did close nine and a half 10 though a little late steam on the Pelicans doesn't get there in the end though 96 to 87 the final score. Uh, currently in progress, uh, three minutes left to go down in Dallas, 106-100, to 100, the Mavericks over the Wizards. Wizards staying within the number right now. Of course, they made a trade uh, at the deadline, and uh, silly me on this prop, I should have done this in terms of the revenge game. Daniel Gafford, who was uh, shipped away from uh, Washington and Dallas, about this, 16.17 rebounds for, for Gafford tonight. Luca, by the way, a triple double already, 25-10 and 14 assists, but 106 to one hundred here, three minutes left to go. End to three in Utah. 93 to 80. Warriors over the Jazz. Uh, multiple double figure scores, very balanced uh for the Golden State Warriors tonight. And then believe we just got underway a few minutes ago. Low scoring start here between the T Wolves and the Clippers, eight to seven, about halfway through the first quarter.
1: Play Thompson got a breakaway layup there at the end of the third quarter to put Warriors up 13 at Salt Lake City.
3: Yeah, and, current uh, line, by the way, minus nine and a half on the Warriors at DraftKings, 233 and a half on the total. In Kansas, Texas Tech in Lubbock in that game, uh,
1: the Red Raiders up 59 to 43 with a little over five and a half minutes to go, so it's a blowout tonight in the Big 12 in Lubbock.
3: Yeah, it's a rough night for Kansas and without McCollard, really tough to find outside shooting. Uh, three of 13 are the Jayhawks tonight. Meanwhile, the Red Raiders, 10 of 25, and there's your difference in the ball game. So 59 to 43, Red Raiders minus 15 and a half, 124 and a half at DraftKings in play.
1: The other Big 12 game, TCU did win in cover. Weighing thirteen against West Virginia, eighty-one to sixty-five was the final that stayed under the total of one fifty-two. Yes, at DraftKings. All right, uh, we talked with uh, Patrick Everson. And
3: speaking of that, before I, I, I believe Bill Self got the heave Oh, By the yeah, way, he
1: didn't love it. He didn't want to watch the end of the game.
3: <laughs> no, I don't blame him.
1: Down seventeen <laughs> points, he didn't want to stick around for this. Patrick Everson of uh, Vegas Insider, Fox Sports reporter, joined us in a previous segment. We were talking about the biggest bets on the Super Bowl. Reported eight million. Eight $1 million bets, a million or more. And uh, we believe at least four of those were bet in Nevada. You got two at Circus Sports, two at BetMGM. I think the Caesars play was out of state, and you got a fanatic Sportsbook and points bet both out of state. So at least four, maybe five of those bets, Wes, uh, placed in the state of Nevada. Mm-hmm. But the handle, the wagering handle, does not get to 200 million. 185.6. It is a record Super Bowl wagering handle in Nevada, but not over the 200 million hurdle that uh, we thought might get there because it really seemed like the perfect storm. When you're talking about, you said all you know, Taylor Swift and all the pop culture angles. Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. Two popular teams, 49ers and Chiefs. You could go on and on and on. I thought it was going to be a record over 200. Falls a little bit short.
3: Yeah, I did too.
1: Interesting uh, points made on Twitter from uh, a regular guest on VCEN who we've had on this show quite a bit. And he's in the, been in the Circuit Friday football invitational in the past. Professional sports better, Chris Zanook. What did Chris say on Twitter?
3: Yeah, and Chris, you can find LVC at Las Vegas Chris, C R I S. Uh, they're on the X, and he's made the point and included the uh, official press release that was from the uh, Nevada Gaming Control Board uh, tonight that Patrick Everson obviously talked about in the last segment. Imagine the Nevada handle if, dot, 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 bettors had desktop wagering, more uniform prop menus, no more spins, no $5 counter offers or similar, stopped blocking rebets, Betters weren't having to log in 40 times per day, counter limits on the apps slash desktop, and then more two-way market markets, more yes-no markets, which obviously you see a lot of here at Circa, especially more so than anywhere here in town. But I, I think very good and legitimate points by Chris uh, because you, you have, and Patrick even kind of brought that up a little bit in passing in, in, in the previous segment, saying that, look, When you get people and they want to get their money and they want to get their bet down, but you got to go to the property. And I understand from the property's perspective, you want people in your store. I get it. But you also got to make it more convenient for people to bet. That's what's going to maybe get the handle a little bit more over the top where we thought it was going to end up being if you would have allowed them to do that. Also, I think if you would have allowed, like I was pointing out, some more entertainment props, you know, put more stuff. Maybe not necessarily the Gatorade or something like that, but putting, you know, various Taylor Swift props or putting props on. Uh, hey, what's the first song going to be for Usher at the halftime show? Yeah, but
1: you know what? Those that information gets out there? It can. If I'm a bookmaker. I don't want to put that up because I actually heard from a reliable source what that first song was going to be mm-hmm. on Friday night. I don't want to book that. Well,
3: yeah, and I mean, for and for stuff like that, you'd have to have like substantially lower limits. You're obviously not going to give the same limit for something like that that you would for, okay, if you're coming into bed, Christian McCaffrey rushing yards or Patrick Mahomes passing yards. So you're going to give very low limits. But the people that are going to bet that, too, for the most part, you might have some sharps try to do that, but for the most part are going to be your casual bettors that are going to want to bet the entertainment stuff. So, yeah
1: uh there's no doubt about that nevada's got the rule it's going to be decided on the field of play mm-hmm. uh, for the prop to i be. think that's
3: a little bit archaic thinking yeah, based on archaic. the fact that hey
1: if, if the taylor swift prop was up how many times will she be shown on the super bowl telecast mm-hmm. and you put the number of four and a half i even would have bet that over
3: yeah yeah huh? I, I, exactly so you know how many I, times
1: was she shown by the way uh that i do not know i'm i'm
3: 52 total seconds. How many, how many
1: different times? We're told by a producer, 52 total seconds. But I was going to guess somewhere around seven or eight times in the broadcast. Is that yeah. right? Yeah,
3: I, I, would, I would think so. I, I saw them uh, showing up in that in that box a few times. Uh, Taylor Swift, the actress Blake Lively, Ice Spice, who I don't know who Ice Spice is. But uh, uh, various celebrities were up there uh, in, in the booth last right, night. We're going
1: to talk about some of the pop culture angles. Where does Reynolds go off on the game a little bit? and not just talk about all the technical betting stuff. I do want to mention that uh, I'm seeing the total graded. Matt Jacob, another sports betting reporter in Las Vegas, pointed this out today. The Vegas Insider and some other sites were recording the official total in this game is 46.5, and I don't like that. Here at Circa, the total closed 47 last night. Total also closed 47 at South Point and DraftKings. There were even, still some 47 and a halves out there, though. And there were 46 and a half at some other places, too. But some places were grading, at least websites were grading for historical purposes. The total in Super Bowl 58 is 46 and a half. No. I don't like that. It should be 47 or 47 and a half, which were the numbers for 99% of and the time. And
3: 46 and a half were at, like, the really super sharp stores. At the very end. Yes, Yeah. So, and it was 47 and a half, like all freaking week. Like we were thinking, when's this? Is this ever gonna move to 48? I think it popped. uh, I think at Boyd Gaming here in town, it popped there a
1: little bit. But I saw a 48 on
3: Saturday. Yeah, Yeah, but it was mostly 47 and a half, like for the last two weeks. 25,
1: 22. It lands on 47. We'll be back with hour number three. A lot more Super Bowl betting talk, pop culture talk from Wes Reynolds on BSN tonight.